Red Giant, a story by Sean J. Nigro, narrated by Previously Delicious. Erica sat quietly, reading to herself at the far end of the big table in the ship's main dining quarters. As usual, she was in a sort of meditative state, fully engrossed in the fifth reading of one of her favorite books, The Martian Chronicles. Her focus on the words, which in an astrophysicist's ball she had once drunkenly proclaimed to be amongst Bradbury's most underappreciated, was unwavering. In fact, she had failed to notice, as she perused the old book so intently in her left hand, the consequence of the casual prodding of peas with the plastic fork in her right. One of the peas had been catapulted over the side of the tray and nearly made an escape, rolling towards the room's exit before being squished under the shoe of the ship's lead technician. That damn book again, Caleb teased, making his way to the buffet bar where doubtless more peas awaited. Yeah, why not? Erica barely looked up as Caleb walked past her. Don't you ever get tired of reading the same things over and over again? No. Erica took a second now to glare at Caleb from behind the book. The man was almost a stereotype, mostly muscle, Zero affectations except for the inner workings of anything mechanical. This quality in itself was at odds with the way he had carried himself since they had first been acquainted in the early days of the training simulations. Well, to each their own, I guess. Caleb dropped his tray of peas on the table next to a sleek black electronic device, plopping down in a chair opposite Erica. The man had the grace of a bull in a china shop. Aren't you supposed to be fixing something? Erica continued to glare. She was regretting having started a new chapter before finishing her dinner in the quarters. Well, the thing about that is, Caleb gloated, shoveling a forkful of peas into his mouth as he scrolled through the video thumbnails on his device. Yeah, you're a top technician, and he's bound to run out of things to fix. Doesn't seem likely in space. Caleb looked up from his device, locking eyes with the woman. He didn't understand her fascination with fiction, but he had to admit that her company was a lot more interesting as a result than most of the rest of the crew aboard the Forge. Thirty-six years of alternating deep freeze stasis with watchdog duties had been relentlessly dull up until that point, no thanks to the random pairings he had been given before his waking states. The first pair had been with lead botanist Jackie Pert. A nice enough person, they were, after all, chosen for the mission based on compatibility as well as their respective skill sets. But after a year of listening to someone hum the Four Seasons and recite passages from Walden to the plants themselves, no less, Caleb had been more excited to go back into Deep Freeze than any astronaut in the history of space exploration. Second pairing had been with George Schoikert a fiercely passionate mathematician and astrophysicist who passed the hours sipping loudly, black coffee and pondering the probabilities of the forge being struck and destroyed by a rogue meteorite. Since George's inclination was towards a detached and rational view of such musings, Caleb had been left to carry the weight of the more, shall we say, emotional implications of such a scenario. By the time Caleb had woken for his third pairing, he had thorough-laced melodies of Vivaldi scoring the backdrop to visions of intergalactic cataclysm. Needless to say, being paired with Erica Grant was a welcome change of pace, even if her impression of him was as flattering as a mouthful of braces in a seventh-grade school photo. 
How many books you got anyway? Caleb asked, fixing his gaze back on the screen on the table. Why? You want to read one? Erica joked, closing her book, knowing that she likely wouldn't get any more reading done while the bull was in the shop. I think I'm all set. I got about 400 shows and 20,000 songs on this bad, Larry. Caleb gestured to the device, shoveling more peas into his mouth. Oh, and some side-scrollers, of course. You know, if you ever charge your tablet, you could probably still get a connection to the hub and download a shit ton of those stories. The hub Caleb was referring to was Earth's largest international space station. Much of the printed and auditory works of human history had been uploaded to the station's internal storage drives, which were really just extensions of the seed network. Earth had gone digital long ago, and streaming was virtually the only way to consume media of any type. The upside to this, of course, was that there were no longer limits to storage capacity, and the options for consumption were practically infinite. The downside, in Erica's mind, was that much of what was once considered classic had been buried in a digital sea of barely disguised product placement. The highest bidder had the privilege of stamping out the visibility of any smaller productions, and most of the classics had been forgotten or bought and packaged behind a wall of exorbitant subscription fees. Most people, like Caleb, were content consuming free media, or at the very least, ridiculous amounts of smut packaged under one cheap price tag. I can't afford to download the ones I actually want, and besides, what are you going to do when the power goes out? Caleb chuckled and looked up from his screen again. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee that won't happen. Even Mr. Shoykit would place the odds in our favor. In your favor. My stories won't disappear with the power, Erica proclaimed as she began to stand up with her tray. Still need light, don't you? Erica scowled at this, trying to think of a rebuttal. We'll always have the sun... The statement came off with heavier implications than intended, causing the two of them to go silent. After a moment, Caleb looked back down at a screen and spoke, obviously attempting to avoid further eye contact. It's okay. I'm sorry, Erica sat back down with her tray. I didn't mean your son, I meant... I know what you meant. Caleb was playing a video clip now. It was an old Looney Tunes animation with Bugs Bunny dressed as a Viking woman. At least the cartoons are still popular, Erica thought to herself. Hey, that reminds me, she beamed, jumping at the opportunity to change the subject. We should be exiting the solar system within this wake cycle. Caleb looked up, gleaming, also glad to be done with the previous topic of conversation. Holy shit, you're right. Why don't you put that stupid thing to use and stream the seed, Erica teased, trying her best to keep the mood light. Even though she didn't much like Caleb, she respected him as a fellow crew member and couldn't stand to see anyone as down as Caleb would get at the mention of his son, especially since she was the one who brought it up. One step ahead of it. Caleb turned the tablet towards the middle of the table so that they could both see it better, but it wasn't long before they began to regret establishing the connection on the device. A well-known American reporter, typically astute in her composure and famed for her eloquent delivery of reports, now looked like she had just seen a ghost. She frantically read a teleprompter and delivered a report that sent a shiver down both Caleb and Erica's spines. As the sunspots increase in an unprecedented fury of intensity, people everywhere are beginning to show signs of agitation, with riots breaking out at the announcement that bottled water supplies have been depleted. 
Some people believe this to be an Armageddon as they flock to underground shelters in an attempt to protect their families from exposure to the increasing temperatures brought on by rapid disintegration of the Earth's ozone layer. NASA has officially backed up the statements made earlier today by famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson that our sun has begun its process of becoming a red giant which scientists had previously supposed to be an event taking place thousands of years from now. As communications continue to erode with equipment overheating and transmissions being intercepted with the erratic activity on the sun's surface, we leave you with one last vestige of hope. As most people are aware, the internationally funded Valley Forge mission has been making its way to the outermost edges of our solar system for the past 36 years, keeping our spirits high and fueling our imagination and hope for mankind's expansion to the abyss of the universe. The irony in this quest to seek sustainable atmospheres further and further from our home is that there will likely no longer be a home for this crew of 32 to come home to. The broadcast was suddenly interrupted by an incoming notification on the screen that forced the window the video had been playing in to shrink. It was a text-only message, which was unusual since all of the Forge's official updates for the last 36 years had been video streamed. Furthermore, the text was full of typos that affected a sense of frantic urgency not known to exist in the history of the agency. No time to report. Sending tech coordinates to Valley Forge database. Communications fading. Too hot. Too damn hot. Is this a fucking joke? Erica asked, knowing the answer was staring menacingly up at both of them from the tablet. We can't go home. Erica and Caleb were suddenly thrown from their seats as the ship shook violently with the sound of something that could only be described as demonic. Erica crashed headlong into the buffet bar as a plethora of peas exploded from the trays. Caleb found himself tangled in a chair that had been thrown to the ceiling and come crashing down onto his right arm, forcing a loud pop from his shoulder and sending him rolling backwards, crushing an index finger in the commotion. For a quick second, they experienced a flash of heat so intense that both of them could have sworn they had been dipped in the scorching lava of an erupting volcano. And then everything went quiet. The light in the room was now flickering, and most of the food from the bar was splattered, along with a bit of Erica's blood, around the room. The two of them sat in silence for a moment, staring at each other in shock. A dimmer light emanating from the tablet which had fallen on the floor between them now flickered through a shattered screen. The overture from Tenhauser could be heard as Bugs Bunny lay dying on top of Boulder, and Elmer Fudd crying, Hilda, you show we, we turn my wife. And all at once, the tablet died. Another moment passed before Caleb and Erica were able to steady their breathing. I guess that's it then. We're on a one-way flight to God knows where. Eh, that's one way to look at it. Erica noticed her book then, laying on the ground next to her. The cover had been torn a tad, but the pages were still intact. She picked it up and flipped through the pages, resting her hand on the back cover when it was closed again. Caleb picked his head up at the sound of the book landing on the ground in front of him. He looked back to Erica, who gave him a weak smile. There's plenty more where that came from.